Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Have you got your Bibles this morning? Why don't you open up to Psalm? Everybody say Psalm 65. Psalm 65. Anyone love God's Word? Psalm 65 and verse 1 says this. Praise is due to you, O God in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, you shall fall, no, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. By awesome deeds, you answer us with righteousness. O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the Father's seas, the one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who seals the roaring seas and the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs, that you make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. Listen to it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers and blessing its growth. Verse 11, this is our verse for today. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with with flocks. The valley decks themselves with grains. They shout and sing together for joy. What a beautiful psalm of David that is declaring the good works of God. I want to preach a message this morning called How to Have a Great 2019. That's the title of the message this morning. If you're you're taking notes, you can write it down. How to Have a Great 2019. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word, Lord. Thank you that it truly is your word that delivers so much to us, Father. It's so much more than just a book that we pull down off a shelf and read. Father, but it's your breath on a page. God, we just declare that this morning, Father. We just thank you that your word, when we're open to it, it will speak to us and it'll change us. And Father, we just thank you for that truth, Lord. Father, we come under the teaching of your word right now, Lord. We come under it. We allow it to cover us, Lord, like the booths of David. It covers us, Father, and it helps us. It nurtures us and it helps us move forward into a new year. In Jesus' name, in a faith-filled church, said together, Amen. It's going to be a great year. Do you believe it? It can be an okay year. It can be a mediocre year. I don't even want it to just be a good year. I want it to be a great year. I want it to be a great year in Jesus' name. That's what Psalm 65 talks about. It talks about crowning. God crowns the year with His bounty. 
and the paths drip with his abundance. I love that it talks about the wagon tracks behind us. The wagon tracks full of God's abundance. So you can look back after the fact and look at it. Don't we do that in life? We look back and we look at everything God has done. We turn around and say, wow, behold, it's awesome what God has done. And we declare the glory of God. There's so much potential in a new year. That's why I love Sundays like this. The opportunity for me as a pastor of our church to be able to speak into your 2019, declare God's goodness over it. There's power in it. And we should never underestimate the power of doing that, committing our year to God. This coming year could be your best one yet. It could be a year that's truly marked by something great. I believe God wants to do something great in each new year. That's why it says that he's crowned it with the goodness of God. He's crowned it, which means from the very top to the very bottom. If he's crowned something, it means that it's at the top. It's his. He has decided that it's good. I'd love it if you could just write this down. This might be something you could meditate on this, this year, this coming year, 2019. God wants me to have a good year. That's just a good truth to declare over your life. It's not name it and claim it Christianity. It's truth. It's God's. That's what God has to say on the matter. He wants you to have a good year. So how do we have a good 2019? I've got three thoughts for us this morning. And these are all commitments that I believe could be a blueprint, could be a design, could be a, a structure you follow. I'm going to get a little pastoral, a little instructional today. Is that all right? But the first one is this, how to have a great 2019. Number one, commit to Jesus and his church in 2019. You're looking to have a great year in 2019. This is where you need to start. Commit to Jesus and his church. We read in Psalm 65 and verse 4, Blessed is the one you choose and bring near. And look at these words. To dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied, oh, I love this so much, with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. Satisfied by the goodness of being in God's house. Satisfied by the holiness of His temple. A sheer, flat-out commitment to Jesus and His church in 2019, friends, will serve you well. It will serve you well every single day next year. 365 days, it'll serve you well. A flat-out commitment to Jesus. Why? Well, because Scripture describes Jesus as what? A shepherd. And we, as sheep, the pasture of His flock. We need a shepherd. We need something to follow. We need Jesus in our lives. Can I get an amen in church? The Bible describes Jesus as a good shepherd, that He cares for His sheep and they know His voice. How do we know His voice? We need to be committed to His Word. That's how you understand the voice of Jesus. That's how you get to know Jesus. There's no real other way except to read His Word. is to understand and start with the Gospel. Start there. But a commitment to Jesus means acknowledging the Good Shepherd in our lives. What does the Good Shepherd provide? He gives us direction. He feeds us. He looks after us. He cares for us. He guides us. He helps us to move forward. But we follow Him. John, th John chapter 10 and verse 3 says this, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they what? Follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. 
They will run from Him because they don't know His voice. Some of you in 2018, and I'm so grateful for it, gave your lives to Jesus. Praise God for that. But my next encouragement for you is to know His voice, to understand the shepherd's voice. How do you do that? You've got to get into God's Word, and you've got to be committed to being in church. So if we're following Christ, we're in Christ, but we're also part of His body now. We're part of His church. You've got to be committed to Jesus and His church. You can't just be committed to Jesus and not care about His church. Something else you could write down if you want. You can't be committed to Christ and not to be committed to His church. You can't be truly committed followers, followers of Jesus if you aren't committed to the family of God who has now become your family. It's like having the head and not wanting to have anything to do with the body. Yes, we just need Jesus, but to live the life that God wants us to live, we also need to be part of His body. We also need to be part of the family of God. It can't work any other way. Yes, you need Jesus, but you also need to be committed to His church. What does that look like? Well, the house of God should be central in your life. 2019, maybe, maybe is the year that you stop being so patchy with your church attendance. And just decide that the, that the church is going to be the focal point, the central part of my life. I can't have Jesus and not have the church. They go hand in hand. Ephesians 2 and verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Other translations say outsiders, beyond the perimeter, separated. But look what it says. But fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his what? Household. We're part of God's family. But when we get saved, we say yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit baptizes us into his body. We become part of his body. So we can't have Jesus and not have the body. We, we become part of his body. And it's so important. Let's not allow the modern day comforts of technology to dilute this message. Because that's what the enemy would love for you to do is to say, oh, well, you can just watch this online or not necessarily important to go to church physically. You can just look at something online or maybe have some app and all that stuff's great. But can I encourage you? It's just supplemental. You cannot substitute being in the family of God physically. Locking arms with people, giving people a high five, a hug, doing life with people. It's so important. And we are never going to be the type of church that says it's okay not to come because it's not okay not to come. You need to come. It's important to be in the house of God. So a flat-out commitment to Jesus as Lord, but also His church. So that's the first how-to this morning. Is this okay? Still with me? The second how-to, if you want to have a great 2019, is this. Commit to tithing and being generous in 2019. I said I was going to get pastoral. I said I was going to get instructional, but this is something I want people to get in our church. There is so much power in putting God first in your life. There is so much power that comes. I love to teach on the power of, power of tithing in a believer's life. Why do I do that? It's not because I'm trying to zero in on your wallet or try to get close to someone's finances. It's got nothing to do with that. God will provide for us what we need. But it's the joy that you can experience by putting God first. But it's all based upon a principle that God has given us called the principle of the first. And it's given to us in Scripture. It's not prosperity gospel stuff. That's always give to get. We don't give to get. We give because God's already given so much to us. We've already gotten it all. We have Jesus. But it's a principle that God set into motion for His people. Listen to it. 
a method of allowing us, his people, to display our trust in God and for him to show himself to be true and faithful in the providing for his people. It's also a method of economic security for you. I'm going to explain that in a moment, but it all comes from Exodus 13. The consecration of the firstborn. Verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both man and of beast, is mine. It's his. And you study this text and you look at all the language and you look at the different translations and it's so emphatic. He says, whatever is first is mine. And there's no ifs or buts or there's no conditions around it. It's mine. He says, it is mine. And I'd love it if you could write this down. This is something for you for 2019. Even if God is not first in my life, He is still first. He's still first. I may not put Him first in my life, in the area of finances or any other area, but He's still first. He's still number one. If I put God first in my life, I will never come off second best. But I want to talk about tithing just for a moment, just for a minute. Because the tithe is special. It's important. Has redemption qualities in it. Has redemption power in it. What is the tithe? This is the tithe. Everyone knows tithe is based on 10%, but it's not just 10%. It's not 10% of the 100. Somewhere in the 100 or the last 10% or the middle 10%. It's the first 10%. It is the first 10%. Now, when you give your tithe, I just want to help you out here. I said I was going to get a little instructional. The tithe is the first 10% to leave your hand. It's the first 10%. So if you give the first 10 to a credit card company or a mortgage company, you've just given away the redemptive portion of your increase. That's okay. God loves you. There's obviously grace. We live in a different, it's not like you know, it was way back then, but it's a principle we can set into motion in our lives, but is absolutely the first part. And this is why, because it's all based on trust. It's all based on faith. If you think about it, when this was delivered to God's people, the first animal that would come in would be the first animal. You had to have faith and trust God that there would be more after it. And I don't know about you, but I've got this revelation for myself and I know God can do so much more with my 90 than I could do with my whole 100. And that's why we put God first. But it gets better because God actually speaks about testing Him in the Scriptures about the tithe. It's in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 11. Sorry, six verse, uh, Malachi 3 and verse 6 through 11 says, For I, the Lord God, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you. Wow, that's a promise in itself. We could preach all day about that. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse because you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Verse 10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in where? My house. Further clarification that the first part, the redemptive portion comes into the church. My house, there it is, my house. And thereby, this is where it gets good, put me to the test. It's the only place in scripture where God says, you can test me. You can test me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. 
So the redemptive portion comes into the house, but it gets better. It's like a steak knives commercial. There's more. In verse 11, look at verse 11 of the same chapter of Malachi. It says this. Remember I said that it's an economic security methodology or protection for you and your family. Verse 11, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and the vine in your field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. So God says, bring it in, bring it into my house so there'll be food in my house, but this is what I'm going to do. You can attest me in this. I'm going to prove myself to be faithful. And not only that, I'm going to protect your borders. I'm going to protect what you have. I'm going to protect what I've already given you in Jesus' name. And for those that are wondering, is this some Old Testament thing? Where, where does it talk about this in the New Testament? I'm glad you asked. Mark chapter 12. This is Jesus and he's talking to the Pharisees about taxes. And it says this in verse 14, they came to him. These are the Pharisees and said, teacher, we know that you are tr true and do not care about anyone's opinion for you are not swayed by appearances. I love how they're just buttering him up. But truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, and he just lets them have it. But look at this. He says, why put me to the test? And I looked at that and I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Here's the Son of God saying to the Pharisees, why are you putting me to the test? This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, why aren't you putting my heavenly Father to the test? Because it's God who said, you can test me in this. It's not Jesus who said that. It's already come from God, and he's saying that. He says, bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one, they said to him, whose likeness and inscription is on this? They said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus responds, and he says, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are, are God's. What is God's? The first. It's his. It's emphatic. And why am I harping on about this? Why? Because I want you to experience the joy of what it means when you put God first in your life. When you put Him first, oh my goodness. I've said this before and I'm happy to say it again. I will never not tithe again in my life the joy of putting God first. I will never not do it. Jill and I have had seasons where we didn't. Where I don't know why, but we just had seasons where we struggled in this area. We didn't commit. We weren't fervent about it. And I know the difference because I've lived in both seasons different ways and it's all based on Exodus 13 ultimately God says that verse 14 when in time your son comes to you I love this picture it says what does this mean he's talking about the fact that you take the first animal and you redeem it he says this you shall say to him by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery why is it important? Because in the days to come, you'll explain to the next generation, this is why we put God first. Because we were captive to sin. We were slaves to sin. We had no way of accessing the Father. But because of Jesus, we now can. And I gladly put God first in my life. You want to have a great 2019, friends? Commit to tithing and being generous with your life. It will change the way you live. It will change the way everything happens. It will change the perspective and the lens that you live your life through. So the first was committing to Jesus and the church. And number two, as things got very quiet, commit to tithing and being generous. And the last thing is this, and I believe this for your life. 2019, commit to sowing well and reaping well. 
Sowing and reaping is a rhythm that God has given us. We all do it. You may not even do it. So you may do it and not even realize. But we're always sowing and reaping. There's this rhythm to our lives. We come across situations and maybe it's a new situation, a new place we come to. But that's an opportunity to sow seed. And there's something else we might be moving into and we've been at it for a little while and something good begins to happen, some hard work begins to pay off. What do we do? Harvest time. Seed time and harvest is a rhythm that God has given us. It's another principle of how we're supposed to live our lives. And I'm declaring that in 2019, for our church, it's going to be a year of sowing and of reaping. It's going to be a year of seed time and harvest. And why do you look at me and say, well, maybe you should just choose sowing instead of reaping? Well, I believe we're going to do both in 2019. I believe there's going to be opportunities where we get to sow into new ground. I'm believing in 2019 there's going to be us for, for, for us to reap a harvest says that he is the Lord of the harvest. He determines when we harvest things. Something that I love that Paul says, he says, sometimes Apollo's watered. Maybe I did, but it's God who brings the increase. So in 2019, we don't necessarily get the choice. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for that. Because it may be in a person's life, and I love this idea that someone many years ago, maybe in someone's life has sown a seed. The seed time has already happened in their life. But maybe they'll walk into our church in 2019. We'll see a harvest of souls. We'll see a harvest of a, of a person's soul in that year. You see what I mean? We don't get the opportunity. We don't get, the, we don't get to design the seed time and the harvest. God give us, gives us the opportunity to sow seed and to harvest. Sowing and reaping. God's been giving me this number eight for a while. And I don't know why I've been going in my quiet time and asking Lord, but it's just been over and over and over and over again. It's going to be our fourth year as a church, which is a significant year. When you look at the fourth day of creation, it's when he separated light from darkness and light became the, the uh, overpowering one. I believe that's a word for our church. Now, fourth year will be a light to the city. But eight is important as well because it's the starting of a new cycle. Seven is the year of completeness. It's when everything starts again. So eight, for me, I believe in our church is a year for us to sow new seed, for us to be able to sow into new ground. And you think about it physically, we're going to be in a different building in 2019. Praise God for that. But we get to sow new seed even into a physical ground. But I also believe He's going to give us the opportunity to sow seed spiritually as well. It's a year of regeneration. That's a year of new ground that gets to be sown. For new seed to fall on fresh ground. I believe 2019 is going to be an amazing year for our church because we can look back and see the goodness of God, but we can look forward and say, man, what's God going to do? What could God do this year? If we continue to commit to Jesus and His church, we continue to, to put God first in the area of our finances and not just that area, but all areas of our lives. We put God first. But then we also be committed to sowing when God asks us to sow and we reap when God asks us to reap. One of the most beautiful things you can do as a believer is be available to God. And maybe 2019 is something that this might be you need to consider is just, you know what, in a whole new way, I'm just going to be more available for what God wants to do. Maybe dream that stepping up and being on the dream team is just the first step you take, but just being available. The text comes in, someone needs help. You're available to serve. You're available to step in. You're available to sow a seed. 
I'm believing 2019, there are going to be divine encounters for people in that church. Let me explain. People, you're going to be able to go into a coffee shop or a restaurant and it's so powerful, the presence of God that you carry in there, that you're going to have a divine encounter, the ability to sow a spiritual seed. Not wondering about the condition of it and whether or not there's going to be payback or whether or not that person is going to come to church that week and give their life to Christ. No, you're just going to sow a seed. You're just going to be the type of person that's looking for the opportunity to sow a seed. Seed time and harvest. And this is a scripture that it's all based on that God has given me. Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 10. Look at it with me. It says, For the land that you are entering to take possession of is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it, like a garden of vegetables. But the land you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven, a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it. And here it comes. From the beginning of the year to the end of the year. From the beginning, the very first day to the last day. So this is what that means. It's a land of hills and valleys. So no matter what it looks like for you, this is what God is saying. It'll drink water from the rain from heaven. I'll provide the rain. So you might have hills, you might have valleys. I'm not sure what it's going to look like necessarily for you in 2019. But God's going to send rain from heaven to supply it, to resource it, to give you everything you need for you not to feel like, man, there's a barrenness to this season. No, the rain from heaven is going to flow through those rivers and those valleys. What else does it say? A land that the Lord your God cares for. 2019 is going to be a year where God cares about what you are doing where you'll get a sense that God actually is in this. There won't be any futile endeavors. God is saying, I care about it. This land that you're going into possess, when the Bible talks about the spiritual land that we possess, in the Old Testament, obviously that was a natural land, but for us it's a spiritual land. Can I encourage you? What that is, is the overcoming Christian life. And what God is saying today is He's saying, I care about your life. I care about what you're doing. I care about your endeavors, the small things, the big things. I'm in it all, and I want to be there as well. And the last thing he's saying is saying, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, I am in it. That means every single day. There's no patchiness to your 2019 spiritually. There's not going to be this sense of, man, well, this week I did enough, or this week I feel like God's in it, and this week is not in it. No, He's there. It says it, from the beginning to the end of the year. And what does Psalm 65 says? It says, He crowns the year with goodness and your paths drip with abundance. It's going to be a year of sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest. Let's be the type of people who sow seed well in 2019. I think that's important. Why? Because God gives us all seed to sow. But we have to be good stewards of the seed. We have to be good stewards of where it goes. We have to be good stewards of seeing what it is and also putting it in the appropriate place. See, our God is not a reckless God. He's not the type of person. He's not going to give you seed, give you resource. He's not going to give you opportunity. And you'd be reckless with it and maybe squander it and then look up to heaven and say, God, why don't you give me more? But He's looking down and saying, what are you doing with what I have given you? What are you doing with the seed that I've already given you? Are you being 
a good steward of the seed. For someone in here today, 2019, you're going to be a better steward of God's seed. I love the way these two things go together. I just want to stop and talk about it for a moment. That God is a generous God, but He also requires stewardship. And so often we get caught up in the generosity thing. We're like, oh God, just be generous to me. Give me more. But He looks down and He says, what are you doing with what I've given you? Are you spreading the seed where it needs to go? Is it going to the part of the field that I need you to put it in? I love one of the the attributes of our God in the Old Testament. He would always say to His people, make provisions for sojourners and visitors and people that aren't like you. The poor. He would literally say to people, you can read it in Deuteronomy, He would say, harvest not to your fence. I'm believing for you, there might be, this might be the coming year where you don't harvest to your fence. You leave something. You build some margin in your life where you're actually able to bless other people. You're actually able to give something away. You're actually able to be a good steward of God's seed and actually help other people. It's wonderful, but we've got to be good stewards of God's seed. I want to pray over you 2019. Can I do that? Can I do that, church? Here's what we're going to do. I've got eight faith declarations. Remember, God gave me the, the number eight. Eight is all about regeneration. It's all about new beginnings. It's all about sowing in seed into new ground. So I've got eight faith declarations I would love for us all to say together. And why is this important? Because I do believe there's something about confession that's important in our walk. Something about confessing what we believe is going to happen. What we believe God is going to do. So we're going to put that up, up on the screen and we're all going to say this together. Is that okay? Is that okay if we do that? You excited about it? Yeah. Come on. Here we go. Eight faith declarations for 2019. All right, here we go. We're all going to say this together. You ready? Let's go. I will sow when it's time to sow. I will reap when it's time to reap. The next one. I will choose to forget the former things. I will fix my eyes on the new that God is doing. I will plant myself in God's house and be found in His courts. I will steward the new opportunities that God brings and care well for what's already been entrusted to me. I will forgive and let go of past hurts and move into the new year with a clean heart, a clear mind, a fresh spirit. I will commit to giving to God my best and being generous with the rest. I will commit to loving people better than I did last year and welcoming as many people home as I can this year. I will commit my whole life to Jesus, to His church, the Word of God in 2019. If you believe it, come on, say amen in church this morning. We're going to make those eight faith declarations available probably in the church email this week or on the website. I don't know, but we'll get them to you. But I'd love it if you could write them down. Print them off. Meditate on them. Get with God on those faith declarations and declare that 2019 is going to be your best year yet. You believe it? We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at Colonial Church? We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.